art and science. And welcome to the Art and Science Punks podcast, where two lifelong learners talk about art, science, engineering, technology, and just how we play with these things in our day-to-day lives. I am one of your punks, Rob Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my punk partner, who's amazing. (laughs) Why, thank you, Rob. I'm Kate Stenzinger. Hey. Hey, Kate. So, I don't have a surprise question. What I do have is a surprise episode. Surprise episode? (laughs) (laughs) None of you people who downloaded this episode knew you were getting an episode. Surprise! Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe maybe it's a poorly managed uh, surprise as far as expectations go. But, uh, well, I I was thinking like we could do like a, a nice spring break... Um, fun, focus on a couple of picks. Yeah. Nice, like quick it. episode. Not worry about diving into a big topic. Yeah. Welcome to the spring break episode. Yay. I like it. Awesome. So what are we, what's our topic going to be? So the, the topic is that, well, I mean, do you want to talk about like the physics of, of, uh, of travel? Because that's something a lot of people do on spring break. I did not prep for the physics of travel, but I like it. Well, okay. I mean, one way to look at it as is is that there are, let's see, opportunities for further investigation in science. Absolutely, literally everywhere. Absolutely, I was just joking, meaning like I could not explain the physics of travel if that was going to be your next question. <laughs> no, I really couldn't either. Kate, but tell us all you know about what? the physics of travel. Do a few Google searches and have some, you know. Uh, yeah, which is kind of what we've been doing the last couple of weeks as we're preparing kind of for our own uh, travel mm. adventure. A lot of questions come up. Um, I have one that jumps to mind. It isn't physics of travel, though. Well, okay. What What's this question? So um, our eldest is, I'm just going to call it obsessing over the only thing she wants to do on vacation is find a sand dollar. Oh, okay. Right? So, nice. you know, we're going like on our first beach vacation ever. Lots, so, lots of nature. Yeah. Yep. So we've promised there will be shells. I really hope there are shells on a beach vacation. But she wants a sand dollar. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked about sand dollars, and we've actually had to Google and take a look at um, how do you know if a sand dollar is alive or not? Because I didn't know. Oh, sure. They uh, look different when they're alive. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, aren't they kind of uh, like gray and slimy or something? Gray and slimy. And yeah. some of the photos, they're even like a little poofy. Um, they're a sea urchin. Yeah. And then the white disc that you find is their skeleton. It's their skeleton. It's their skeleton. Yeah. And I guess you can tell how old they are, like similar to a tree, like there's rings on it. Cool. On a sand dollar. Yeah. That's, I don't know, one article that we read said that, but we kind of have been looking up things like that. So it's true. You know, we've got this vacation. We're going to be traveling and, and it's it's true. You can work science and art and technology and all these things into into that kind of an adventure. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. So the um just the simple act of well, 
there are, I mean, there are, there are algorithms, there are things to measure. There's, there's like, if you are driving via car, you have a certain capacity in your gas tank and you have a distance in miles. And that, that's a good conversation (laughs) you can talk about and 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 say how many, how many, how many times are we going to have to fill up? Do you think? Yeah. We talk about how many times we're going to have to fill fill up with gas. Um, And you can adjust this for all ages. Mm -hmm. For many years, what was our measure of travel time, our Uh, travel distance? uh, Diaper related? No, nope. Um, How many strawberry shortcakes? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) About how many episodes of strawberry shortcake before we get to grandma's house? Yeah. That was her, her unit of measure before she could really figure out, you know, hours. And that happens to be a series that does basically like 12 to whatever, 14 minutes, like per Do they, uh, per story, right? Okay. I think so. And Wow, I probably screwed up her, her um, sense of time then because I thought they were 22 minutes. Uh, I think it depends on the season. I could be wrong. Anyway. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, I we- remember at the time it's, it, it's one of those where it, you can fit in like two episodes during a half hour approximately. Gotcha. And um, maybe I was not tuned. Well, either way, it's... It's a good unit of measure. Yeah, give or take. We're using something based on like a a shared known experience that is like a a way to um, get insight on a new experience. Yeah, absolutely. And the conversations get, I think, more interesting and more complex, but it's still fun, even with our our little one, to have those conversations about, Mm -hmm. you know, what's going to happen? How are we going to do? How are we going to get there? So um, they're going to take an airplane ride. Mm -hmm. So another thing they've been asking me, um, asking us is a lot of questions about what's that like? Hmm. And um, one I got tonight at bedtime was when the airplane's taking off, is it going to feel like... Um, when you do a handstand for a long time at gymnastics. Yeah. I said, no, I, I don't think it's going to feel like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, but it's interesting what they're thinking about. It is. Yeah. And it's all a point of reference. Yeah. In comparison, which Absolutely. is really, really interesting. And um, I would guess, I mean, we, we were talking about how like pressure changes and it feels a certain, certain way. And a way to deal with that is to do some, you know, drink a little water or chew gum. Right. Yeah. So now they're fixated on what kind of gum will we have. And so we can talk about like how the pressure is different when you're yeah. closer to the earth, right? Versus way up in the, in the atmosphere. And like, well, how high is that? And well, wait a minute. How can the airplane do that in general? It's right. because of lift and essentially the differing pressure. Because of the shape of wings on an airplane and the propulsion of the airplane to move air over it, it, it is able to achieve lift. Are you going to, you're going to totally explain the physics of travel now? Yeah. Nice. I mean, you know, in my own rudimentary way, I'm more <laughs> like, you know, um, airplane engineer, but, uh. You know, I was on a I was on a plane once, um, traveling. I think for work, and the there was you know the screens in the seat backs that would tell you and show you exactly where you were on your route. Oh, and that was fun to kind of watch that refresh. But it also told you, which I was fascinated by, was the air temperature outside of the airplane. 
Ooh, I bet it was cold. It was really cold. And it was funny because I always made it always it made me laugh and it made me kind of think through like perceptions because um being in a northern, you know, um city, we're in the Minneapolis area, whenever I would have to fly and it would be, you know, um cold and snowy out, I was always hmm. very concerned about the airplane. And how is the airplane going to, you know, take off on the runway and, and go fly up through the snow and ice and, and um, you know, oh, do we need to de-ice? We need to de-ice. I think, we, I think that's a term. <laughs> you know, the wings on the airplane. And I'd always be greatly concerned. So the first time I was in one of these that had the temperature, I was like, oh, duh. Mm. It's just always cold up here. Anyway, these airplanes are fine. Yeah, they are well accustomed to cold. Yeah. But I would imagine, so yeah, getting ice off of the surface of the airplane mm-hmm. makes the airplane perform like it's expected, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, so it's it has yeah. its, you know, how air should flow over it and its surfaces which it with which it uses to manipulate the airflow. Yeah, right? I mean, just think of like the, the rocket the, launches where yeah. there's anything, you know, any bolt out of place and the impact that can have. Mm-hmm. And yeah, weather, weather matters. I mean, there's a whole nother branch. So, I mean, essentially yeah. if you have a smartphone and your curious mind, you're, you're curious. I mean, you're going to be pretty well set to investigate a lot of interesting yeah. things. So that I come think up. it's going to be fun. Yeah. And, uh, some of the things I, I mean, maybe they they seem so obvious and maybe basic, but yet there are I, a lot of worthwhile, like paths of exploration, just within there. So I I think we should do a couple of picks. Yeah, let's do a couple of picks. All right. Do you want me to start? Yes, please. Please do. I have a science pick tonight. My science pick, this is kind of funny. Um, Easter egg rockets. Because oh. you should blow things up on... Easter, I guess. Um, so hmm. this is a cool one. Easter egg rockets. So you know the little plastic eggs that you can fill with candy and hide around like for an Easter sure. egg hunt? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you need some of those, but you need ones that can stand on their own. So in the link, you'll see the ones that they used, which they tell you they got at one of the dollar stores. Um, they're like little bunnies and chicks. So they've got feet on them, so they stand up nice. Oh. Okay. Huh. So you take um, little plastic Easter eggs that have feet on them. Put some water in there. You drop two Alka-Seltzer tablets in, and then you put the lid on. Uh-huh. And then eventually it will shoot the lid off. You know, you put oh, the top of the yeah. egg Yeah, I on. mean, it would pop the whole egg, yeah. right? It's not like you don't, like, pop a hole in the bottom of the egg. No. To, okay. No, it just then the top pops off. Oh. But I think it's kind of a fun one. I think it's kind of cool. It's very messy. You have to do it outside. <laughs> So you, you use Alka-Seltzer to essentially release a lot of gas inside. Yeah. And yeah. you blow up the bunny and the chick. Doesn't <laughs> this sound sweet? <laughs> um, and then it's interesting, too, because I, I don't know that you'd have to do Alka-Seltzer because I think back to our bath, our bath fizzes or our bath bombs, and it's oh. a lot of the same ingredients, right? It's um, the citric acid and the sodium bicarbonate, um, you know, baking soda and... You know, so it's That's it's the funny. same. I mean, baking soda and vinegar. I yeah. mean, a lot of things could could cause the. I mean, I would imagine you could choose your approach based on, do you want a little delay or not? Yeah, 
you know. So I think the Alka-Seltzer tablets are just kind of the shortcut, but we could use yeah. some of the bath fizz materials hmm. and, and kind of make the same and then see what happens. So funny. It's been a bajillion years since I've thought of Alka-Seltzer. I know, right? I'm like, yeah. do they still make Alka-Seltzer tablets? Yeah. And you remember the... Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Jingles. All right. <laughs> so that's my pick is jingles. Jingles? That's your. That's yeah. going to be your art pick? That's Honestly, awesome. it would be awesome if there were a jingle for my pick, right? My art pick. Well, you could make one. Oh, maybe. Interesting. You could use the pink trombone from the last episode to... <laughs> accompany to, to you sing a, on your jingle a beautiful anthem about the hackintosh method Ooh, we're talking hackintosh tonight i love uh, it what do you got okay so there um one of the one of the um podcast creators that i follow his work uh dan benjamin has created um created a site all about making it easy to create a um create a fairly inexpensive relatively speaking machine that can can essentially you know have a multi-boot ability to go into windows to go into linux and if you're so inclined to go into mac os mm. right and this has been a fascinating thing for me that I that I have considered doing my own experiment related to. Oh, nice! Yeah, that could be a future topic. I it, like that. It really could be. And um, no, but what what uh, what uh, Dan Benjamin has done is uh, curated a really nice, very convenient list of of options. Could because when you think about building building a a computer that can run either Windows or Linux. There are, and honestly, it's 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 both a, a wonderful situation to to for for the amount of options that that you have that you can choose from, but it's also a little daunting, and uh, and maybe even a lot daunting where some of the option you choose can have unforeseen consequences related to how they combine well or not, and so. What uh, what Dan Benjamin has done is looked at um, a few different, like mostly it's mostly like one straight shopping list related to creating a, a machine, like that, a configuration. Yeah, a configuration that that would essentially run these OSs. Oh wow! And the, with with uh, a couple of options baked in there. But for the most part, it's like one simple list that uh, if you go to um, you go to the website uh, hackintoshmethod.com, you can um, essentially check out the Dan Benjamin's shopping list and um, assemble your own, own machine from there and feel you know very confident that it will will do what you expect if you're looking for those different things of uh, you know potentially running. Windows, Linux, and uh, Mac OS. Nice. And so why would that be tempting? Well, there'd be a lot of reasons, I imagine. I mean, just thinking from development of itself, you know, I mean, any 
any tech development or app development you're going to do, I could see wanting to test on multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an awesome case where if you want to be able to test the app you're building on different platforms, that's very handy. If you would like to um, essentially run on a pretty powerful setup compared to the amount of money you're investing, that that's nice. All the different so you could do some cost benefit, from, benefit on that. You could do some cost savings. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's overall somewhere in the range of uh, I it's like less than fifteen hundred U.S. dollars somewhere in there. And, and and that's gonna run all three. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that is gonna save you quite a bit as opposed to, you know, buying three different machines or even um trying to do like a dual boot boot. Yeah, it it's it's very interesting. And uh in like why that's an art pick, because you have a lot of options to um to run sort of creative apps on three different operating systems. (laughs) I didn't even think that you were about the art pick. I think it's just art in and of itself that um, they've put together this. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and (laughs) sure. Right. It's also uh, like a high five and, and, and thanks to Dan Benjamin for putting together such a list. Right. Yeah. Because if you, if you look at the other resources out there where if you're thinking of covering all those bases, um, yeah, it gets pretty complicated. So it's, it's, it's neat to have such a, a straightforward, um, thing to, uh, let, like, well, yeah, it's a really straightforward resource. So that, nice. that's awesome. I, I highly recommend, uh, taking a look at it as I am and I haven't acted on yet, but it is super tempting. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that wraps us up for today. Thanks for joining us on our um, short spring break episode tonight. We are the Art and Science Punks, coming to you each week with stories of art, science, creativity, and oftentimes stories of struggles and even successes of balancing personal passions with work and family. Art and Science Punks has a blog at artandsciencepunks.com. And on Twitter, we are Art Science Punks. You can find our podcast feed at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm or on iTunes, where we would appreciate your five-star rating. Thanks, and you can tweet me at Kate Stenzinger on Twitter. And I am Rob Stenzinger on Twitter. Did you put the P in the It was. <laughs>